0: Hello, my lovely people, and welcome back to the Fletcher Files, a Murder, She Wrote podcast with your host, Monty. This week, we'll be talking about Funeral at 50 Mile, season one, episode 23, first aired April 21st, 1985. And the IMDb summary reads, Jessica has to unravel the secrets and threats at the funeral of a friend in Wyoming. Now, as I said last week, Um, this will be a different type of review. I'm going to go over who the characters are and then give a detailed summary of what happened in the episode, including the reveal. Now the subject matter of this episode is intense. And again, like I said last week, I don't like this episode. It deals with very important issues, but there's definitely trigger warnings, um, in this episode. So I am going to try to be, um, very careful in my description of the, uh, trigger warning topic, but this is one of the episodes. It is one that aired and I am reviewing each and every episode. So this one's included, But that's why this is not a scene by scene recap and just a more general overview um, with spoilers, clearly. So let's get into it. So the characters. First, we have Jack Carver. Now he is the deceased. We never meet him, but um, his life is why we are all here, right? So he is extremely important, even though we never actually meet him. So I'll start off with Jack's family. So we have Mary Carver, who is Jack's only daughter. He raised her from uh, minutes old until he passed away. Her mother passed away during childbirth. So Jack was her only parent, um, her everything. So clearly she, she needs support which she has in the form of her fiance, Art Merritt, as well as her uncle, Tim Carver, who is Jack's brother. He's actually Jack's neighbor as well. So he has been there throughout Mary's life as well. We then have Jack's military buddies. So they're all veterans. They were all um, side by side during the war. And that's Doc Wallace. That's Bill Carmody. And that is Sam Green. Now, Doc Wallace, I believe, is an actual doctor. And Sam Green, who we will know later as Seth Hazlitt, is not a doctor in this episode, nor is his name Seth Hazlitt. (laughs) He is an attorney. He is Jack's friend and Jack's family attorney. We also have Um, Sheriff Ed Potts, who is the local sheriff, but he likes to be referred to as a marshal as opposed to a sheriff for whatever reasons he has. Okay, sir. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Carl Meston. Now he is Jack's enemy. And then we have Sally Meston, who is Carl's wife. So now let's get into the summary. So Jessica is in Wyoming um, for the funeral of Jack Carver. She knows Jack and she, she knows Jack and Mary. I don't know how well she knows the other four men in Jack's life. That being his brother, Tim, Doc, Bill, and Sam. I don't know how well she knows the rest of them, but she is a friend of Jack. After the funeral... Sam reveals to everyone that Jack died intestate, meaning he did not leave a will, which is surprising to them. However, on the one hand, I could understand that although he owns this ranch outright, um, he only has Mary. That is his only heir. And since he was married to her mother, it will go directly, everything will go to her. So even though he had a brother, his brother would not have gotten anything when he died unless he specifically left it. So he may have thought, okay, everything is going to go to Mary anyway, so I don't have to worry about writing a will. And of course, some people don't want to write wills because it's really you're thinking about a world without you and being gone. And that can be heavy for people. So I could understand him not wanting to come to that reality and sit down and write the will, especially after losing Mary's mother, who was the love of his life. And um, of course, you never think that, you know, you're going to die. However, he was sick, like he was in the hospital for a period of time. So that's why it's also surprising to them, on the other hand, that he was sick, uh, like almost, well, clearly unto death, but he did not write a will even in that state. But again, I think he was, um, he may have just been thinking, Mary's going to get everything anyway, so I I don't have to do anything. Jack wanted Tim to purchase the land from Mary for a good price. I think that's what Tim said that um, Jack wanted him to do, to ensure that she was financially sound and that the ranch, um, as well as Tim, were successful. But then there's a wrench thrown into it because then we have Carl Meston who came in with his wife Sally in an RV just as loud as loud can be during this funeral and he says well actually I have a fully executed will signed by Jack giving me the ranch like everything the house the land the animals everything. I visited him in the hospital and He was so grateful that I saved his life back during the war that he signed everything over to me. Which, of course, his veteran friends are like, uh, you never saved his life. So I don't know what this story is that you're trying to sell, but we were there with him and you were not. So now you have this person who at the worst time in Mary's life is telling her that her father who she loved more than anything in this world and who loved her more than anything in this world left her destitute. So everybody's upset about this. Carl is a, a, a straight up trash bag of a person. This is one of the reasons <laughs> that I don't like this episode because he is the worst of the worst of the worst because Taking this at face value, you go and visit this man on his deathbed, and you know he has a daughter, and you are willing to swindle him with his last bit of energy to sign his name for everything he has. This, and we're about to go into the background of what actually happened um, before Carl fled. So, anyway, long story short, Carl ends up being murdered he is found hanging in the barn right so after he's dead his body is not even cold yet and Sally is like I run this now this is mine whatever just loud and disrespectful but thankfully Jessica comes in um with her observations and realizes that um Sally is not actually legally married to Carl and that her ring had not been on that long and two, that she had been making calls to Las Vegas chapels to see who could phony up uh, a marriage certificate that was backdated. So once this is revealed, she hops in the RV and just speeds out like a bat out of hell and it's like good riddance to bad rubbish. So in the course of this episode Jessica figures out that the murder could not have been committed by one person right so now we're getting to the reveal like I said this was going to be a short review first we start with the background how did we get to the point of Carl being murdered we find out that many years ago when the six men all lived in this town in Wyoming that being Jack Bill, Tim, Sam, Doc, and Carl, that Jack was dating Mary's mother. And they, I believe they were even engaged. And one night, Carl um, assaults Mary, um, physically and sexually assaults her. She is in the hospital for a very, very long time and they find out that the assault resulted in her becoming pregnant. When they find this out, Jack, Bill, Doc, Sam, and Tim find Carl and they basically string him up, right? So they have him sitting on top of a horse with a noose around his neck and they're, they're going to hang him. I think they, they beat him up and now they were going to kill him. But Jack stopped and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to become murderers. um, And basically forced Carl to, to leave town or, you know, he wouldn't be able to control his friends if he didn't. So Carl then left town immediately Jack then went and married Mary's mother um, as quickly as possible. And kind of, so the dates would kind of line up um, and claimed Mary as his own, right? So Mary was born, um, her mother passed away during childbirth, and Jack raised her. Then out of nowhere, as Jack is on his deathbed, Carl comes along And he gets him to sign over the ranch. Now, I don't remember if Carl had been contacting Jack along the way and getting small pieces of the ranch and that this was the final lot of it that he signed over on his deathbed or if he signed the whole thing over on his deathbed. That I don't remember. But long story short, that's what he got done. And he got... Jack to sign over everything that was going to go to Mary because Carl said that he was going to tell Mary that he was his father. Now, you may say, uh, so what? She's not going to believe this stranger. Well, Carl had gone to Doc Wallace's office and stolen some of Jack's medical records those medical records revealed that Jack could not have been Mary's father because Jack was unable to have children so he was going to go and just he was willing to destroy this young woman's life for money and property just after he brutally assaulted this Woman's mother. He is coming back out of the swamp, trash can, wherever he came from, to take everything else from her. The mother is gone, the father is gone, and now everything that the father worked for for his daughter, he wants to take away. I am just like, that's why I can't watch this episode because this was the worst type of person just like that's now I have to disagree with Jessica when she said no one deserves killing back in the uh, murder of Sherlock Holmes, part two because I'm not a violent person but Carl deserved to die and he deserved to die in a much worse way than he actually did. So we find out that after Carl revealed the existence of this will that basically left Mary destitute, Um, Doc, Bill, Sam, and Tim rounded him up. And again, I don't know. I think they may have beat him up again, but I don't know. They're older, so maybe they didn't beat him up. But they put him on top of a horse again, put his head in a noose, threw the rope over. And he's just laughing. He's not remorseful. He's like, y'all aren't going to do it. There's nothing you can do. Just, Just making it so much worse. And something ends up spooking the horse that he's on and it runs off and he's left hanging. They cannot get to him to cut him down fast enough and he dies. And you know what? Good, good, okay, good. So now you have Jessica figuring out that it's more than one person who murdered Carl then going and finding the four men in the barn and getting this complete revelation of what happened. This is the moral dilemma, right? Because Carl was just the worst person. That's why I said they had to just pile on top of pile on top of pile on top of pile of garbage and terribleness to defend the fact that these men felt that they had to at very at the least scare him into leaving and forgetting about the will at most nobody sorry that he was murdered and I don't blame them for not being remorseful I am like good good he needed to die he he really did but Jessica is there like How do I feel about this? Because these are four upstanding citizens and they did a terrible thing. Like they took a life, right? However, the life that they took was of a man that tried to take everything from Mary's mother, from Jack, and from Mary. Everything from them. And in the worst way possible, right? So that that's really the conundrum. Like, And they just leave it like that. She doesn't make any decisions. I think they said that maybe they're going to the, to tell the sheriff or whatnot. I'm like, I wouldn't tell him nothing. I, I would be like, if I was Jessica, I just turn and walk away. Like, listen, I, y'all are adults. Y'all do what you think is best. I'm going on back to Maine. This is no longer my problem. Make sure you take care of Mary because that's the other thing. Now, Mary's fiance, Art, was... I think he was taken into custody. They believe that he was the person who killed Carl, which would kind of make sense that everything that was going to go to his fiance, um, Carl stole it, so he was going to murder Carl. But he thought that Sally was the wife. So wouldn't Sally have gotten the money and the property? I don't know, whatever. Um He was a viable suspect for a moment. Now I believe that he was let go. So I don't think like he was sitting in jail and it's like, these guys have to confess so that art could get out of jail. I think he was already out, but if he was in, yes, they, someone needs to step forward and, and take the blame Um, if they want to do rock, paper, scissors to figure out which one of them is going to just say, I did all of this, um, then do that. Right. Um, and get them the best lawyer in the world. Um, and I'm sure the four of them can afford that and and just do that. But if art was already out and had been cleared, listen, I would be like, y'all go on about your life. All right. Y'all make sure that Mary never finds this out, okay? Never finds out how she came into this world, right? Never. She cannot find out. And that was one of the things, because there was no guarantee that Carl in his diabolical mind, wasn't going to still reveal to Mary after he's taken everything from her to just stick the knife in deeper by telling her, oh, hey, I'm your father. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I assaulted your mother and we created you. You know, just he needed to die because I don't trust that he would not have revealed to Mary about her parentage. So that's that on that. A well-acted episode, a controversial episode in a good way because it deals with very, very difficult topics. I'm surprised that they would deal with such a heavy, weighty issue such as assault and how terrible they made Carl out to be. But that was, of course, to justify him being murdered by these four you know, regular, everyday citizens, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, um, a fellow rancher. And I don't know what Bill Carmody did. I don't remember what his, his career was, but who were veterans, who had families, who loved Mary as if she was their own, who Jack was like a brother to them. Well, actually Tim's brother, but to the other three, they were brothers in arms and had been through the worst of the worst together and why would they you know murder somebody right so in order to make that I guess palatable they made Carl out to be the worst of the worst but in doing that they had to deal with some very tough issues and this is not something that's a one-time thing I don't think it's as piled on In future episodes that deal with tough topics and put Jessica in a moral dilemma regarding um, having to turn in the murderer, she definitely comes across that not only because the person's a friend, um, but for whatever reason that that person had for murdering that's not just greed or something like that, that's dealt with. And I think that most of those episodes are not the easiest to watch. But I will say 99% of the time, they are well acted. So there's that. So you can sit and you can watch it. But I think this may have been one of the heavier episodes. This may have been one of the heaviest episodes that I can remember. So that's that on that. Uh, Another episode in the books, the last one of season one, Uh, hate to leave it on a downer like that. (laughs) So anyway, next week I will be doing the season one recap slash summary. And so that one may be a bit longer because I will be doing the top five episodes. I will be telling you my two least favorite episodes. Uh, clearly, you know, one of them. I will also reveal my favorite characters, Of course, Jessica does not count because she is the all-time fave. So that goes without saying. But our favorite auxiliary characters, I'll say. (laughs) And I will also reveal my least favorite characters. These are probably people you've figured one out already, I am sure. But I will reveal a few more, uh, a nice refresher of the one. (laughs) That I made clear that I didn't like. And we will end with notable, quotable. So, one of my favorite quotes from each episode. So, that is what you can expect next week. Same time, same place, same Monty. So, if you want this early access, you know the drill. The Fletcher Files Pod on Patreon. If you want a review of a beautiful place to die that is up on The Fletcher Files Pod on Patreon then I also have a review of Gin and Daggers the murder she wrote book series book 1 the review is up book 2 that review will be up in 2 weeks and what you can expect this week on Patreon The Fletcher Files Pod if if you forgot is my overview of the Hallmark movies and mystery series, Aurora Tea Garden. So yes, we're gonna go into the characters. We're gonna go into an overview of the series. Why? What I like about it. What I don't like about it. Just a nice, you know, midweek. Hey, how you doing? Let's talk about Aurora Tea Garden. And I do like the series. I do. Um, there are some series I like more. But that is one of the reoccurring reviews I will be doing. I will take a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries series and give an overview of the series, meaning going through the recurring characters, the theme of the show, just an overview about my feelings for the show. I love Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. I love their series. Some I like. Some I love, okay? (laughs) So you can find all of that over on the Fletcher Files pod on Patreon. But I guess if you just like The Murder, She Wrote, Recaps, and Reviews, I will see you wherever you listen to podcasts next Sunday at 5 p.m. for the Season 1 Review. All right, you guys have an amazing week and I will see you next time. Bye.